0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. How are you guys? Happy New Year. I I freaking love that you're still listening to me. There's so many podcasts out there and you you choose to be here. Or maybe you're here for Zach Levi and uh, that's wonderful too. But maybe you'll like it and you'll go, hey, this guy is not a complete schmuck. And listen to me. Uh, it's important if whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple or whatever, please write a review of the podcast. It helps the podcast substantially. So if you like it, the least you could do is maybe write a review for me, the old man here. You know, um, happy New Year to everybody. I hope you had a, a happy and safe uh, holiday. Right now, with me, Ryan's in Hawaii, so sitting in for him is our editor jason nelkin is it nelkin right nelkin's correct hey nelkin's guys. correct. how are you bud i'm good how are you i'm Happy good New Jeff. Year. thank you for editing the show i love editing the show you do it's my pleasure oh dude he's great he just came over today i hadn't met him in, in person and he came in my office i was showing him around showing him my toys i believe i farted in front of you you did i did i apologize bad nice man no yeah. it's fun. thanks man it's uh you know it's kind of like built for a child a man child isn't it that's how it should be that's how it should be adults are just grown children do you right? have a girlfriend i do have a girlfriend you do i don't so i ryan, know ryan does you do we know bryce does yeah. uh he's married and, I, and i'm solo that's okay. I'll find one. Yeah, I wouldn't be so hard on yourself about it. How old are you? I'm twenty-nine. Oh man, you're just a kid dog. Just you know, a I could kid. be your dad. Yeah. I'm 49. Be, yeah, you would have it would have been some sort of uh, you know, accident situation. It for could sure have been an accident at that, at that age. Accidents but, do happen. Yeah. Um, guys, I love you. Thank you. We're gonna get to Zach Levine in a second, but just uh make sure you follow us on the Instagram at, at inside of you podcast and the Facebook at Inside of You Podcast. And please follow us on Twitter, at Inside of You Pod. Also, you can go to the inla- uh, online Inside of You store. Uh, you can get uh, Smallville lunchboxes. You can get Inside of You tumblers, brand new Inside of You hats. Uh, I got a new, the old script from Smallville called Lexmas, which is a lot of people's favorites. You can get one of those signed by me. Tons of stuff, um, the Inside of You online store. Also, you can go to sunspin.com, my band, and get a Zoom with me. And there's so much cool merch. Stephen Amel and Tom Welling always wear my sunspin hats and shirts, and uh, I appreciate it. So if you want to copy them, feel free to do it. Uh, also, I can't uh, say enough about my patrons. Those guys, you know, you guys. If you don't know what Patreon is, go to Patreon, patreon.com. Inside of you. This is a group of people that give back to the podcast. They believe in it. They love it. And without them, I don't know what I do. So if you love the podcast and you want to give back, I, you can give back anything it doesn't matter it, it helps substantially and uh you know i love them i just did a zoom with all the top tiers um you know um and we all zoomed together and talked and got to see their faces that was cool but it's become a real close family the patreon family i think um you know a lot of people have said god i've made so many close friends through this this patreon and um it's cool it's cool there's so many perks and things like that so check it out patreon.com slash inside of you I'm also on Cameo. Um, I want to say thank you before we get right into the interview with those that supported EchoesOfHope.org for foster youth, those that supported uh, FoodOnFoot.org for the homeless situation we have in Los Angeles and all over the world, and and Ronald McDonald House. If you gave any money or if you thought about them during the holidays, I I really appreciate it. I know some of you did, and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that you guys are – supporting me and supporting all these great charities um <clears throat> that's about it man uh new year's resolution uh it's been five days i'm not vaping anymore uh i quit sodas no candy no like no chocolates no chips at night i'm trying to get in shape i'm nice trying now. to be better to myself are you doing anything for new year's resolution i have no new year's resolution you have none uh yeah i just uh you know uh all year I, you know resolutions are for the whole year for me well mine starts 5 days ago and it's it's going to hopefully continue. I'm going to try and stay. I think, you know, with anxiety and things like that, if you cut out all the crap and see where you're at when you cut out all the crap, you'll get a better idea of who you are and how much better you can feel by not doing all the crap. Does that make sense? Definitely. Achieve equilibrium. Achieve equilibrium and then see where you're at. I like that. Achieve equilibrium. Let's get inside of Zach. Levi it's my point of view you're listening to inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience how are you my friend oh man I'm I'm really good I'm I'm
1: I'm today I'm a little uh, I'm dragging a little ass because I had a lot of fun and by fun, I mean tequila <laughs> at uh, the premiere party last night for American Underdog. That was just last night. So
0: American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Yeah. You play Kurt Warner. I do. Yeah. And this premiered last night in and Los premiere Angeles. And the was last night. And, yeah. Where?
1: Man Chinese. And
0: how much fun was it?
1: It was super fun. I mean, you know, I mean. You 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 go and make a thing. You believe in it. You hope that it all comes together. I've seen it. I I feel like it's all there. You know. I'm proud of it. We right. made it in the middle of the pandemic and all the craziness and um and then you go and do all the work and doing the press and and then it and then it's here and then you're like okay well I hope and it's not even really open right so it's like you know we premiered last night but it doesn't open till Christmas so right. I still won't really know what critics or people or whatever think about it but right this will have aired. This will have aired by the time the the, the movie will be out. So if you're listening to this, folks, I hope- The movie's out. uh, The movie's out. The movie's out. And hopefully you've seen it. And if if you haven't, please go see it. And if you do see it, I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, then- F you. No, then- No? No no f you's No. I mean people are allowed to not enjoy things. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm, I was going to go a different way with that joke. I wasn't just going to like lambast people for not liking my fucking <laughs> And if you movie, don't you like idiots. it, if you don't
0: like it what? <laughs> and Then kick rocks. Then watch Shazam. No, I don't know. Then <laughs> yeah, then watch Shazam. There you go. Watch Shazam. Um do you feel like when you go to a premiere because I know I feel this way when I have a premiere for something uh that's a project that I've been working on, you're not getting a real uh resp- a real response, a visceral uh, a real audience response because it's all people that are there. The yeah, studio, they're yeah, your family, yeah. they're yeah. your friends. They're yeah, like, so, you yeah. are great. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: That's what it felt like last night. I. It's weird because I, I watched it. I didn't. I actually didn't watch the screening last night. I went and had some dinner. I'd already seen it, and um, but when I watched it. I I did. I felt good about it. I felt like, oh, okay. I felt I felt good about what I did. You know, normally we're our own worst critics. And so I think everybody is. I think artists particularly are that. Or maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe generally all people are, are just as much. But as an actor, being critical of yourself, you go and watch your mug projected up on this massive screen and first of all i have such a hard time just not destroying myself uh, it, looking at just my face being like oh you got bags under your eyes or this or that or you know looking at my constant posture, critic constantly picking up uh, picking my, myself apart from just the aesthetic of how i stand and how i hold myself and what i'm doing with my hands
0: like, so you're not even enjoying it's it, you're so critiquing. hard
1: it's so hard yeah so if you can get past that do you can- get past it i'm getting better at it I think I think a lot of therapy and medication has helped that. I mean, I'm not kidding. You <laughs> yeah, know? And, yeah. You know, I've watched so many things I've done, and I, I just it's so hard for me to get to the other side. When I watched Suzanne for the first time, I, I genuinely thought people were going to hate me in it. I, I, I couldn't. Why was that? I don't know because I was looking at all my choices and things that I made as an actor and in the character, and was like, oh my god, do I just look like a big idiot? Am I just being a big idiot? And people are going to be like, who is this big dumb idiot? You know, right. Uh, unfortunately that wasn't the case and it worked out and, you know, but it also, that also taught me yet again, like, Hey, you can't trust. I mean, we're, we're going to dive into so much mental health in this anyway, but just to tangent into it really quick. It's like, you can't trust your own mind, which is very terrifying in some ways, but also very comforting. I find, you know, because, because we are, I, I, I love this quote. We are not the voice of our mind. We are the one who hears it. Mm, and 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 that the truth and it's it's from the the um untethered soul which i have yet to read but i've read but you uh, like the quote i love the quote i love the quote I, i i i'm a horrible reader i i i just don't get to books nearly as much as i need to. is it just a little add oh certainly more than a little yeah but oh i don't know also i think you know coming up as a kid in the 80s like my stories were video games i didn't like I I like a good book I couldn't put when I was in high school and I read brave new world I could not put it down it was a such, soap
0: opera no a whole <laughs> new world well, no, that's a song
1: from Aladdin oh yeah uh, uh, the, yes, the yes. bold and the beautiful uh that's that's a, what I was thinking Bold a, and the beautiful mm, yeah. right 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 um, but you
0: couldn't put that book down
1: no man and I and, you know in a lot of other books I just like I cliff notes that stuff because I just couldn't stay in it but brave new world like rocked me and we're also kind of witnessing it happening in the real world right now in some ways we can get to that later anyway <laughs> so yeah man if it's myself on screen all the time as an actor but then again you know i've grown a lot i've done a lot of therapy we've talked about a lot of that therapy we've talked about medications before and that's been very helpful and so you know watching american underdog i was able to i think get through some of that weird you know criticisms and kind of shut all those voices up enough to just get see through all that and be like I, you know, I didn't totally hate myself. It, which then was a great, it was like which means I must be great. I must yeah. be great in this. I movie.
0: must be great if yeah. I didn't if, if I, I didn't, didn't totally of, yeah. hate
1: myself. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm proud of it. I, I really do think we made it uh, a good little movie, and it's got so much heart, heart, and 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 hope. I mean, it, and faith, and you know, it, there's it's it's a very inspiring story. It's a true story. Kurt Warner, you know, he was uh, he was this you know good old boy from Iowa, always wanted to be the next Joe Montana and then uh, didn't get a lot of play in college in um, northern iowa uh university but he got just enough where he got this last minute you know a tryout with the packers right out of college and and he I mean, he miffed it he just he couldn't step up to that occasion it was it was way too much for him in that moment wow uh, he was a great player but i mean there was a lot you know he was watching Favre throw throw passes in front of him you know as they're going through like training camp he's like what is this this is insane so then that doesn't happen and then he kind of just he goes and wanders in the wilderness for a while. He had met Brenda, his now wife. He the,
0: wanders in the wilderness. He just takes away. He goes away from football.
1: Well, yes and no. So, like in the in the midst of all this, he meets his now wife Brenda, and she's such an integral part of their entire story. And you know, uh, he he in large part became the man that he is, the leader he is, and the quarterback that he was because of her love and her faith in him, and wow. his love and her faith in in her and th- and her children. She uh, had two kids at the time. Her oldest son Zach and their and her baby daughter Jesse and he took them on and he took them on as a twenty one year old you know college <laughs> kid essentially because he just he felt uh, he felt compelled this, this, to... yeah he felt this love for them and he and this compulsion and yeah absolutely and I think you know very much God I mean their their journey is so incredibly blessed in the ways it's all kind of worked out but ultimately you know she was this twenty four year old divorcee with two kids and her oldest son or her her oldest who who her son Zach he was dropped uh, as a baby on his head by her former husband and he ended up having uh, intellectual disabilities. And so she was quite a package, you know, as, as a young mother and, and, uh, and I think, you know, partly because Kurt grew up also in a, with a single mom for, you know, a lot of his life and him his brother and, so I think that there was this, you know, that, that story was already kind of being laid. The groundwork was already being laid a little bit in his heart and his mind. And,
0: and he could recognize that and see that. And it's amazing that he could be that strong at 21. Oh yeah. Cause well, I, yeah. I, I'm 49 and I, I, Bro, you know, trust I, I, I can't me. take I, on a. you yeah. could barely take on a dump in the morning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We know. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it, it blows my mind that he, you know, he valued, he saw value in that. He wanted to keep seeing how that road went. And then they kept falling deeper in love. His uh, relationship with Zach um, right out of the gates. I mean, the first day he goes to like basically surprise Brenda at, at he had just met her at a honky tonk, like at a bar doing line dancing. He's like, I want to, I want to hang out with you. And she's like, you don't want to hang out with me. I'm 24. I got two kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he finds out where she lives and she, and he goes and just brought her flowers. And she was like in the middle of something and her son, Zach Open the door. By the way, intellectually disabled, also blind, and he opens the door. And he loved radios. It would listen to music all the time. And he opens the door, and Kurt's there, and he grabs Kurt's hand. I mean, the the details in the movie versus what actually happens in real life are very very similar. I'm not sure that we got them, you know, to the point. But essentially, yeah. this little boy leads him into the house, and because uh, he needs help with this radio, he needs his radio needs batteries, and he can't get anybody to help him because his mom's getting ready to go to school or uh, work or whatever and uh and he goes and gets kurt to go find him batteries and puts batteries in and then he like wants him to lay down on the on the cool of the bath of the bathroom floor and just listen to music with him and like that really happened and it's really in the script and i remember getting to that point in the in the script and i was like i've never seen something so pure like that seems like such a pure moment to have on a screen and like the love that that starts building and the love that he starts building with brenda and anyway their whole journey is amazing and then ultimately he, yeah, he wasn't playing football. He couldn't play football. There was no football to be played. He was trying to figure out how to get another shot in the NFL. Um, they were super struggling, you know, scraping change out of a car doors to put gas in their tank. Like that, those types of, you know, things Good that a lot Lord. of us can relate to. Going through some harsh Iowa winters and all that stuff. And so he started stocking shelves at a grocery store at the Hy-Vee. And he did that for, I don't know, six months to a year or something. And in the process of that, this arena football had started to kind of pop up, but he was, he kept it at an arm's length because he felt like, and I totally understand too. I could totally understand his mentality of feeling like, well, that's, if I go do that, then I'm giving up on the real thing. This is the this is the JV. So this is whatever that is. But but I'm, you know what I mean? Like this is where guys end up if they can't play NFL or they're done with the NFL. Right. And I don't want to believe that. And I, you know, I think there was just so much interesting up and down in, in both he and Brenda's journey and their journey together, um, that there was a lot of just, you know, I don't know, humbling almost in some respects, right? Because he gets to this point where he's like, I don't want to stock shelves anymore and I I can make better money and I get to do a thing that I I really love doing that gives me purpose, which is to go have a ball in my hand, like football, football, basketball. Yeah. He he did it all, but football specifically. And, uh, and so, you know, he, he gives into the, uh, to this guy who had the arena team, um, the Iowa barnstormers in, in Iowa, the local arena team. And he'd been bugging Kurt, like, come on, you got to come play for me. He saw him play in college or whatever, knew he got a shot with the Packers, but didn't go anywhere. And Kurt kept like, no, 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 no. And then fine. is like, okay, fine. Let's go play. I,
0: I mean, this is such a compelling, amazing story.
1: Yeah, it's insane. It's it's insane. it's one of those things where, well, hold on. It gets better. Well, you know the story, right? You wait. know the, the end of it and all that jazz? No,
0: that's why I'm ready for the movie. So, you know, well, don't you, give it away. I don't really know the end of it. I know wait. he makes the Rams. Yes, but you know. know what
1: happened with the Rams.
0: Well, he ends up winning the Super Bowl.
1: Yes, and he won. And, <laughs> well, hold on. A, anyway, so point is, he goes and plays Arena and... In doing so, he actually gets some looks now, again, from the NFL, uh, and ultimately does get this opportunity with the Rams. And uh, wow. he he was a, you know, his his first year in the, in the league, he was like 27. Very old rookie. You don't have rookies coming into the NFL at 27. 27, I think. Yeah, 27. And then the next, and he didn't play at all. 20, and he was like a third backup quarterback. Second season, second uh, backup quarterback, or something like that, I think he had made it up to the number two spot. Trent Green is their number one, who was a very talented quarterback at the time, and everybody had a lot of high hopes, high hopes for him. And um, um, Vermeil was their head coach. He, had, he it was like his kind of Cinderella story too, because after Philadelphia, he kind of went off and in, into the his own wilderness and came back and. So he's head coaching. Mike Martz is the offensive coordinator who has this incredible offense. He's worked out with all of these incredible tools in this team, and the Rams like really have a shot. And then Trent Green in preseason down injury, uh, in season injury, uh, season-ending injury. Wow! And that's how he got a shot. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, the Rams also like, I'm sh- they were calling around. They, they were like, "Is there anybody?" Because. You know this guy was still this untested twenty eight year old now yeah. rookie.
0: We've got Kurt Warner in, we, the, in, in the in our pocket. But yeah, you know, let's get someone else because he yeah. well, can't try. carry yeah. it. And, and right. look at
1: the end of the day, it was Kurtz because no one else was available. Nobody else worked. It was all and they were like and so fate. Dick for meal. And there's this famous yeah very famous uh, uh press conference because there was a lot of. Heat also, like the media was like, what are you, there was all these, you know, um stories and things going on, like ESPN, like, who's this, are they going to, you know, put the whole, the weight of the team and the and the season on this Oof. guy's shoulders, this guy who just came out of the arena league and all that. So there's all that narrative going around. And then Dick for me, he has this press conference and he goes, we are going to rally around Kurt Warner and we're going to play good football. I mean, it's this really great clip. It is.
0: It almost seems fictitious. It does. It
1: does. If you tell us, if, you know, when, when this all happened in real life, when, then Kurt steps in and then basically leads the team as a 28-year-old rookie with very few snaps that he ever, you know, he takes the team all the way to the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl. He wins MVP of both the season and the Super Bowl and was making league minimum when he did it. Like, there were guys who, League
0: minimum. What's league minimum back then? I don't then? know what it was back then. But it wasn't but I, a lot
1: of money. No, but I but I know that there are people in the organizations, the football organizations that, like, tend to the... And by the way, it's a very big job, tending to, like... The fields, right? Like the Greensmen for like to to take her. Sure. Some of those people, I believe I heard it quoted. Some of those people make more than what he was making as league minimum. So the guys that were, you know, tending to the fields were like, cool. This guy (laughs) was this guy. And what's he doing?
0: Inside of you is brought to you by Rocket Money. so important if you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like So things changed obviously after he won the Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: Well, they they, <laughs> they got had a payday. A, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I don't
0: know that, you know. You don't know that part of it. Who knows? Who knows?
1: Right. You know, but um but at the end of the day, it was just this incredible thing we all happened, you know, we were watching it happening in real time. I was I was 19 living in Ventura watching this crazy shit go down. I was like, this is history happening in our lifetime. I'm like, what the heck? And then also because, you know, being a person of faith and he, he he being a person of faith, there was that spiritual kind of connection too and even more
0: inspiring in
1: that regard and uh so yeah and that was are you
0: guys close i would say we're pretty close at this point yeah was it was it weird in the beginning because it's like i'm playing you where you kind of like you know i want to do you right man i'm you know this is i'm I'm only as good as the script here i'm gonna give you some personality what fears did you have going into that i mean the fears
1: that look when we take on a fictitious character there's nobody that can really hold us well a real character
0: Oh you're saying sh- no, you're, no, no, you're no. example I'm, I'm, example exactly yeah, yeah example No Kurt is very fictitious He's very He's a fake, he's a fake person He is a phony man <laughs> Um
1: So so yeah um, but yeah if we take on a fictitious character there's nobody there's nothing to really hold us accountable to no, 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 some yeah. expectation that's really what we get to do unless right. there's some canon like you know, I'm I'm actually grateful. Like with Shazam, I'm grateful that he, Shazam wasn't as well known a superhero because if you go take on Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, whatever, everyone in the world has an idea of what you're supposed to do with that character. Right. I don't envy any of the pressure that Cavill or any of our Batman or uh, or, or Brandon brother Affleck or or now you know Gal with Wonder Woman. Anything that's so Embedded iconic, it's in, iconic. Right. It's like that, there's a lot more Shazam. I got a little more I think creative license with it because there are also a couple different inter- well every superhero has a lot of different iterations of them by this point with all the different like universes and multiverses and dimensions and yada yada um but I had some some real fun latitude in that as as Kurt as a real person who by the way you know this isn't like this is not Daniel Day Lewis playing Abraham Lincoln, who's well dead, and there's no footage that you can hold up. Right. You know, I think maybe I heard once that there's maybe some crazy recording of his voice, a little bit you can hear somewhere. I don't know, right? But there's no real, you know, content that you can hold that person. So, like you
0: said, you're not held accountable, so it's yeah. easier. It's a little easier, uh, but
1: perhaps, perhaps. And by the and by the way, Daniel Day Lewis is a, a god among men when it comes to acting and all his incredible talent. So, I don't think. He could he'd crush it either way. Yeah, I just knew that stepping into being Kurt Warner was definitely going to be this thing where you know there's going to be that extra level of people going. Mm, I didn't know Kurt like that. Do they look alike? Do they talk alike? Do they act alike? Do they you know what what is their what sure. is you know,
0: plus how many footballs have you thrown? N-
1: not many, bro. Certainly not well. I mean, I got like a two month quarterback crash course. Did
0: you feel like you really improved? Oh, definitely
1: for sure. Yeah, like I mean, you were like I could I throw a football.
0: Have, how far can you throw a football?
1: Yeah. Um. I could throw a pretty far football, man. 40, I, 50 yards? Uh, uh, at least, yeah. I think I I'm that's, not at least, but I mean, yeah, I think I could I could hit that. I think pretty, I was throwing a 60 actually. Right? And but relatively accurate. Like, sure. But like I also had incredible doubles, right? Like I had one double. We have so many takes and so much football to be played. And th- all those throws need to be dimes, like perfect, because the camera is coordinated. It's like right. it's like so they don't use many of
0: your throws, probably.
1: No, no, I think I actually got quite a few in, but th- what I'm saying is that <laughs> I could throw 60 and I could hit that. But how consistently, if you need that to be the exact shot oh, over yeah. and over and over again, right? And you got full ass men, grown ass men that are playing actual real football on the field essentially. Like they're really hitting each other and tackling each other and r- running full out. So, you know, you wanna make sure that they're, everyone is coordinated and that everyone's getting the best pieces that they can get. So, right. you wanna have that guy who's your, who's your sniper who can sure. be in there to take care of that. And then also, I had, so I had basically, I had two doubles, Will and Deke. And Will was my, you know, kind of more of my, physical double and, and, and arm double. Deek was, he was the truck, man. He got all the hits, like all the heavy, heavy, heavy. Hits. Like I took some hits and I wanted to take some hits because not that I'm super method or whatever, but I was like, I can't be a quarterback and never be tackled and never like know what that feels like How or does it feel? It sucks, of course. What do you mean? I, honestly, the, the worst part about it was just like, I'm not used to the whiplash in my head going back and hitting the, uh, and hitting the ground and with the weight of the helmet on. So the, like the next day after I, you know, hit yeah, stiffness, you, heavy dude, stiffness. The, I was like, why is my neck hurt so bad? And um, I, and then I put it together, because I'm wearing these, this weight on my head Jesus. and then getting snapped back. But whatever, dude, I, I, it was so fun. It was so cool. And, and my hits were like, you know, half hits, quarter hits, whatever. Did
0: but, Kurt come up to you after the movie? Was there a moment where he said, thank you, or you did me right?
1: I mean, he, yeah, well, he, we all saw it kind of separate. We saw different, um, uh, early like screeners, you know, like he was with his family in Phoenix and they got to see it and I got to see it. Uh, I think it, where I was in Atlanta and, um, yeah, man. And we've done a whole bunch of press now together and we've and they've asked that question. Like, did he do you right? Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I think, look, at the end of the day, it it all it all did him and Brenda and the, and the kids and the family. Right. You know, I think obviously there's going to be some people out there who are naysayers or people saying, oh, it didn't go down exactly like this or that or whatever. But they don't understand that this is what the heart of the movie is. We You only got two hours to tell a story and you can't put a every story si- a life, life? well right. yeah well uh, at least a part of life you know it's like from yeah. you know him from 21 to 28 essentially right and they hired this 40 year old <laughs> this 40 year old guy
0: to go well, and be you a- know you shave you give it some makeup on you look younger
1: you know you dye the hair you dye the hair it goes hair? a long
0: way i don't think people were worried about it goes that very long i don't nah, think people nah, were nah, worried nah. about
1: that no 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 it was it was fun though it was it was a really incredible experience and i learned a lot and i grew a lot and so where can they watch this in theaters exclusively right now exclusively I don't know in theaters and yeah you it's not know a day and day there's no streamer that I know I don't know that there is one uh, like what the next window is going to be I think Lionsgate just really wanted to commit to doing like it's a Christmas day proper theatrical release and you know, we'll see how the variants, how the Omicron, oh all the Omicron. Oh
0: Omicron. Oh uh, but movies like this do well. You look at movies like Invincible with Marky Mark Marky Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg. With Wahlberg. And, I mean, the movie did really well. Football movies tend to do well. Oh, well, true, uh,
1: true, true stories, stories. True stories. True stories in well. general. True People sports stories and true sports underdog stories. You know, these Cinderella yeah. stories. They're, they're all great. And they tend to be, you know first of all, they're great just because your source material is so already inspiring, right? It's like this, every people even know the story and they still want to watch the movie.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you,
1: you want to. So, so there's that, but then, you know, fortunately a lot of these movies and I, and I think ours included have been crafted by really, you know, talented people and leaders and a collective of, of talent that, you know, make something that's special, you know, on break. Oh, no, it wasn't unbreakable. break. What was it called? Uh, Invincible. Invincible. Invincible was a well-made movie. Yes. Uh, Hoosiers is a well-made movie. Yeah. You know, um, remember Rudy. the Titans. Remem- Rudy. Remember the Titans. Yeah. You know, so you've got great ingredients, but then you've got great cooks that, you know, then putting them all together. Cause I'm sure that there's some other like true stories that are like that. That wasn't so compelling. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, but it- yeah. Yeah. Well, how's your stress levels? Like, because you know, you're, we talked before and it it always feels like, you know, you need to be working, you need to be working. And you you were working on being okay when you weren't working and that was a big part of you. But how is it when you're like jumping from like, I talked to you and you're like, I'm like, when are you in town again? You're like, well, dude, I'm in town right now. So I'm like, well, get your ass over here because you're going to be going to shoot something else. I go, are you not done with Shazam? He's like, no, I'm done with Shazam. I'm done with the football movie. I'm I'm done. But you're on, on, on. You're on to the next thing. You you just don't, like, you're not a guy that just wants to sit around for too long. No. can't happen. Well, so what are you working on in terms of you, not you, not, not work. Well, cause we'll get to that, but like, yeah, no, well, like they're talking ha, about personally, personally, how yeah. are you, how are you feeling? How are you, when you get a role like this, how are you doing Shazam? How are you taking care of yourself? Kind of a broad question. Yeah. But no, uh, great question. Uh, multiple questions in one.
1: Um, I mean, in this exact moment, I'm, you know, pretty groovy, man. Honestly, pretty groovy. I, I, I feel very loved. And then that starts with my own ability to love myself. Like I feel like you're I'm really not, doing that uh, practicing it as best I can, man. Absolutely. I think it's, it all has to start there. Everything really. I, I, and we can, we'll dive down into that too, but sure, it's, it's gotta be, it's, it's, you know, one of the greatest analogies or metaphors I've ever heard for it. It just stands up so well. It's like, you know, you're losing, if, if the cabin pressure drops in a plane and the masks drop, you put yours on first. You have got to put yours on first because if you start trying to help other people, you're gone. You're out, right. and you might not even get to them. And the other, you know, you've got to you've got to handle your business. And part of handling your business and taking care of your shit is really genuinely understanding that you are infinitely lovable. It doesn't matter what the fuck you do. It doesn't matter what you succeed in or accomplish or don't accomplish or anything else. You exist. You are, therefore, you are loved. End of story, and and I I put my faith in that because that's I really believe that there is a God and I really believe that that is God's commitment to and agreement with us who are extensions of God, extensions of God's light and love, you know. So, woo, yeah, and
0: and yeah, so so I so I feel like you got a little emotional,
1: yeah, you know. But but so but I feel like I can really believe that it does start there. It does start with us loving ourselves. Not by the way, not like. I think there's a lot of um, Insta-therapy, uh, like – and by Insta-therapy, like Instagram th- – and by the way, I, I post things all the time that I try to – Sure, I, I, to, I you watch know, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not just those, but like, um, you know, uh, 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 like, I don't know, other people's memes or things or quotes or, you know – you know, and, Inspirational things. Yeah. Well, oh, or sometimes, yeah, they're just specifically about therapy and taking care of your stuff. But Insta-therapy, like instant therapy, can I think lead a lot of people to, into – confusing self-love with narcissism, which is unfortunate. And, you know, and I also don't, I think the word narcissist gets thrown around far too much as mm-hmm. well. And also everyone has at least a touch of narcissism in them. Sure. Like we are capable of all the things we do all the things, even with all the work that we do, there are still, you know, these, whatever, these little inklings, these, uh, whatever, you know, the in with within our human being soul and, and our unhealed traumas or whatever they are. Everybody can struggle with this shit and everybody does. Some people just struggle way harder in certain areas on that mental health spectrum. Right. And we have to have grace with all of that stuff as well. But I just want to clarify that, you know, self-love can be and we need to be careful about not confusing it with, you know, just being more self-centered and like, none of my problems are my problem. I'm loving myself and my problems mean, therefore other people are the reason why I have problems. You can love yourself and hold yourself fucking accountable at the same time. And you need to do that. We all need
0: to do that. We, how do I be, how can I be a better person? How could I do things better? How could I light myself more by doing things that are altruistic or whatever But also,
1: but that also requires first and foremost, being aware enough that you're unaware. And that's tough for folks. Until you've really been humbled enough in life, you still think that you got it. I got it. I'm aware. I'm woke. I'm whatever it is. Yeah. But we need to be awake. We actually need to wake the fuck up. We need to do How do, do we it wake up?
0: The, How do we wake up?
1: I mean by starting starting with loving ourselves. Starting with recognizing that we don't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and I know you didn't for a long, long no, I time. Didn't, I didn't
1: for 37 years of my, and even in the last, you know, four years, I've still struggled with it. I only found out four years ago that I barely even liked myself, let alone yeah, loved
0: myself. That's what I'm kind of dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Starting, to, starting yeah. to like yourself saying, "Hey, yeah. hey, this is a good quality. Recognize that you have some good in you. There's a lot of good in you, and what's the things you don't like? Well, let's work yeah. on those, yeah. but let's not. And forgiving yourself of those things. See, that's that's one of the
1: biggest problems that we have right now. We don't forgive. We don't forgive ourselves, and we don't forgive each other. We have no grace for ourselves and each other. And you don't, and, here, and it's this recipro- reciprocal kind of uh, um, symbiotic thing. You will not have grace for yourself if you do not have grace for others. Because if you're not practicing it with other people, you won't even be able to identify what that means with yourself and vice versa. If you're not practicing grace with yourself and really understanding what that means to give yourself some fucking slack, cut yourself some slack, give yourself a break, love yourself and go, hey, you're doing the best with the tools that you were given up to this point in your life. That's what you're doing. I
0: agree, but I I do think that sometimes we do things that we hate about ourselves mm-hmm. and we repeat those things yeah. and we do them over and over. And right. then we feel like, you know what? You've keep doing this. Yeah. You keep doing these and things why? and you don't deserve love. You don't deserve that's it because you're, you're but, punishing yourself. But Michael, that's the lie. We punish, I know, that's, that's the, the lie. lie. That's the lie.
1: God is love and love has nothing to do with that shame. What nothing if you don't believe do in that. God? Well, I think the un- then the universe, energy, Uh, uh, um, karma, source energy, karma, all that stuff's tied into that. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Dude, I have no idea. Look, I have, I have a lot of, you know, journey as a Christian in my life and my faith is still very much tied to a lot of the bedrock of Christ and his words. And I think so many of the things that he stood for. Um, but I would never, ever be able to tell you with any certainty at all that I know who and what the entirety of God is. Anyone who's selling you that, I think really needs to take a hard look at, their own hubris right i think it is ridiculous as human beings that within one sentence within one breath we can both say there is a god and i know everything about them right if there's a god, you know fucking nothing. God is everything and everywhere. We can't right. possibly know all that. Right. So I think everybody needs to check themselves on that level a little bit, you know, let's let's still dive into our spiritualities and go find as much of God as we can. And I think it's evidenced all over. You know, the uh, Torah, uh, uh, the the New and Old Testaments, the um even the Quran, you can find really truly evidenced Places where there is, I, I think, recognition of this incredible entity. Buddhists, Hindu, they, they, there's all a recognition of guys. We're not doing this alone. This there is there is something that is way bigger than all of us, and we need to be humble to
0: it. Right. You know, and so, you're saying that God has helped you in in most of that of learning to love yourself for you. Well, again, because a lot of people, there's some people that don't believe in God. Like I, I, I believe totally in God. Understand. I'm not religious. So I, I don't totally believe in understand. God though. Right. Uh, I think I'm kind of spiritual. Right. But for people who're sitting there going, "Well, I'm so glad that Zach found God, but I haven't found God. Right. But is it if it's not God what, what do I do for myself?" I understand. And, right, what, right. and what I'm saying, and that's why I said earlier, I'm grateful
1: for the faith that I have, and, and ultimately what I truly do believe, because I'm able to pin my. Uh, need, desire and power of self-love onto a concrete foundation of actual love, which is God, which uh, is God. So because I, because I believe even in the most abstract, anybody can believe in the most abstract form of God and still believe that because there is that you can, you can, you can say, okay, I believe that. Then I can, I believe that I'm worthy of love. What you're asking, which I totally understand is, well, if you don't have that, How can you then still, where's the foundation foundation for you to say, I am absolutely unequivocally uh, uh, worthy of love just by being. And what I would say to those people who are listening out there or watching or, or, or whatever is you're still a goddamn miracle, man. You're still a miracle. Even if this is all some random, you're here, you're here. If this is all some random thing that just happened to blow up in this big bang, or what you know, whatever that is, and we've evolved doing all of these things, which by the way, I I, I actually think that the story is a lot of all of that. I, I'm not a, a Christian who believes there is no evolution. I think I go why the hell not? Okay, yeah. God's God. If God wants to like do things and evolve animals along the way to make all the things that God wants to make rock and roll, you know, right. like, I don't know. There's also like Christians I know that are like, you know, super like, oh, I don't know astrology. I go, I don't know. Who's to say that God didn't do all of the things and also like made this whole universe to in at least in part be this yeah. cool celestial clock that makes us all different in cool ways. Like, who are you
0: to say what God is doing with whatever God wants to do? But what I like about what you just said, but you, if you rewind just a little, you said you're fucked. You're here. You're here. We're you're a here. miracle. So you're a even- even regardless of, a of whether you're a miracle or not, even regardless, you're here. No, you're well, so no, you even are, on this,
1: well, that's okay, still it, a miracle. it is still a miracle. No, 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 Mike. No, hear me out. You can be a miracle and connect that to some spirituality. You're also just a scientific miracle. The odds of you existing, the odds of this planet doing what it's doing. And that all of us, all of our individual spirits and energies, whether that's an energy that's connected to each other or a bigger thing, or it's an energy that's just exclusively within you, you have actual energy, (laughs) glucose and all that shit (laughs) flying through your body. The coffee that we're drinking, the sunshine that we're feeling, that's all real energy. That's all real science. And that's all a fucking miracle. This is a miracle place. So you can either decide I am worthy of love because I was created intentionally by an incredible artist and architect or i'm a miracle and i'm worthy of being loved because i've fucking made the lot look guys i lottery hey right my life force happens to exist right now
0: just randomly whoa that's crazy yeah but also the fact that you're here and while you're here if we only have one life why not make the most of it? And why not at the same time, why not try to accept who you are and appreciate who you are and just become a better person? Certainly. Then that's how you're gonna learn it. If you don't make changes in your life, to me, you're never going to love yourself if you don't love yourself now. If you don't make changes, if you're doing the same thing, you know, that whole thing that if you, you repeat something that's not insanity. working is insanity. Yeah, yeah, doing knows the same it. thing over and over right, again. Right, right, Expecting so, a different result. Exactly. I, I think that, you know, you have to do something. And what that can do to learn to love yourself is altruism, to, to, to be helping other people, to to being a good person, to being the best person that you can be. Certainly, and you're right, but certainly giving starts is-
1: with you.
0: Yeah. You yeah, have yeah. got to,
1: you got to radically love yourself radically, man. Like that's accepting everything, accepting that you are exactly where you are. And that's okay. Radically accept that the life that you've lived up to this point, you did the best that you fucking could. You have to, we have to do this. We have to radically love ourselves. Each other. A lot of
0: people will say, I didn't do the best I could. I could have done better.
1: No. And I would say no, because you haven't, because you haven't. And that's okay. And you haven't not because you're a bad person, but because you literally have synapses in your brain that were programmed completely unbeknownst to you or your parents or any generations prior to this. Right. We're just now learning right now how our behaviors are so unbelievably wired into our 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 minds, our 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 bodies. From by the way, also generational stuff that even predates even the na- the nurture, just nature stuff that's in our DNA, and we science is is showing us all this stuff, which is even more reason to give yourself a break. We are not. We do not. We. Our, I mean, gosh, our minds alone, the the way that our minds can get so hijacked by just little bits of hormone changes in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we think that we're absolutely operating at our highest ability to do the best that we can all the time. Give me a fucking break. No, we're not. Give yourself a break. You are yeah. doing the best. If you were abused as a child and you've got all this unhealed trauma in you, chances are you're going to do a lot of shit that you aren't proud of or regret or done later shit, or whatever, right, right, or right. still doing it. And guess what? It doesn't, this does not, by the way, this is not a license to go do stupid shit or things that are hurtful to yourself right. or other people. We have got, there's still accountability that people need to understand that, that, sure. you know, pe- but we can hold people accountable. We can hold ourselves accountable and hold others accountable without dehumanizing them in the process. We dehumanize ourselves we, in our subconscious and the way that we talk to ourselves, our self-talk that we learn from our parents. My mom and stepdad were harsh in the way that they talked to me. I know they also loved me in the best way that they could. I've gone to enough therapy to recognize that right. they were fucked up because they were fucked up by their parents. And it's this generational thing that's handed down. Yes, you've because you have to, to, because you have to. It's because, not that because they because, weren't unforgiveness, wrong. because unforgiveness is not about them anyway. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison hoping that the other person's going to die. You're holding on to this thing that's just festering in you and killing you. It's darkness and it's a lie. And and yes, you you are therefore not being able to even practice the best self-love on yourself because you're hung up on this person and your inability to love them and not understanding. Or
0: that- your feeling of their inability to not love you, if that makes sense. Or- Sure. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I
1: think so. Yeah. In I other words,
0: know. in other words, their inability to love you, like you can't control things. There's certain things we just can't one, control. 100%.
1: Like, but again, that's, but again, that's all part of the radical acceptance of it all. Right. You know, it's like, that's one of the first things. I steps.
0: forgive you. You'll never understand yeah. me. You'll never be the mother or father that no, I want, no. but I love you. And, yeah. I, and then that, yeah, and but, that's I, but it, I can and also I can. have
1: boundaries, right? You know, that's, is again, one of the big weird things that I think human beings don't understand. Like you can both absolutely love someone and absolutely not want to hang around them yes, ever yes,
0: or have anything I, to do with them I or that. like
1: the way that they handle themselves in their life
0: right
1: love is not just amplified graduated like like and love are two very different things
0: i always feeling say that feeling in There's, love yes. feeling
1: in love feels like a high like which but, but again feeling in love and an actual practiced love are two very different things. And I think that's important for everyone to understand for myriad reasons, not the least of which having healthy romantic relationships, but even how you handle your family, your friends, how you handle yourself. Do you set your boundaries for yourself?
0: Can you love someone and not like someone? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, like 100%. really dislike someone, 100%. Love them. I have 10% where I'm like, you We're know. We're called to, I, think. I told my mother once. I said, mom, I love you. I love you. But I don't like you. I don't like you. I would never hang out with you if you weren't my mother. What was the context of this conversation? Were you having a fight? Uh, uh, no, I think. What to get, get,
1: get all down into no, it? No, I think
0: it was just. It was just more of an honesty, like you know, I don't like the way you act. I don't like the way you treat. You have treated me or or behaved. I don't like all these certain things, but I do love you and I do forgive you, and you're my mother. Mm-hmm. But I I don't necessarily like you. Yeah. There was a, there was a wrestler. I don't know. Why I'm saying this, but it just makes me laugh because we're getting serious. But there's a wrestler, and his name was Brother Love. And brother used Brother Love used to look at Hulk Hogan and say, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> I love you, but that don't mean I lie <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there you go I mean that's yeah, this, there there, there's something to be said about that what, the what things do
1: you- we learn from the WWF
0: By the way, Ryan, do you love yourself? Yeah, sure. You do. <laughs> sure. Why you not? didn't even hesitate. Why is that? Why do you love yourself? What's the first thing you can think of when you when you say that? <sighs> Jesus, man. Uh I don't know. <laughs> you love yourself why? Why? You think you're a good person. I think I do okay. I think I'm a good
1: person. I think I I, I care about people. Um I uh I
0: love I know what I'm good at and I love the things when I when I do good. I love that I can do it well. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think by the way, Zach, what do you do? So what are some of the exercises you do like even today that you have instilled? Like do you wake up, do you say your gratitudes every day? Do you pray every day? Do you No. You don't. Mm-mm. I mean, some, sometimes I do. I actually
1: um, <clears throat> just listen to this really incredible uh, podcast. I, uh, this guy named Andrew Huberman, who's like this awesome, very intelligent uh, scientist out of Stanford, I think. Like neurobiology, ophthalmology. Anyway, I learned so much from podcasts like him when it comes to like hormone stuff like serotonins and dopamines and how the body works, basically. Like, um, and he had this really interesting podcast recently about gratitude and how incredibly powerful gratitude is in our lives, but also how the gratitude practices that most people have been doing, kind of, you know, writing down, what am I grateful for or five things you're grateful for? They've done laboratory studies. That type of gratitude practice has maybe some positive effect, but not nearly the effect that they've discovered, which was... If you are even told a story or see something go and go down in front of you or tell a story yourself to yourself of like essentially literally a story, like a little narrative of like, you know, um, I or, or if you saw if you saw uh, an old lady, you know, trying to cross uh, the street acts of kindness. I, well, not even, but not even necessarily acts of kindness, al- although I think they're always kind of intrinsically tied to the gratitude someone shows someone else. So if you watch someone be grateful and they and say thank you, and you oh. see see gratitude happening, and so yes, if if you go involve yourself and be Feeling around
0: gratitude, seeing, seeing
1: gratitude being felt, absorbing, uh, 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 oh, oh, yeah, well, absorbing, but all, essentially uh, it, witnessing it, you know, like that you're that you're witnessing it somehow, like that- uh,
0: like for instance on Instagram, you see somebody. Like uh, s- saving a dog that's on the dog tracks and the sure. trains coming, and the guy runs out of nowhere, sure. risks his life yeah. and saves you like, Oh my God.
1: Well, no, no. But again, it's not the act of kind. It's like it, watching that dog jump all over that person. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. That is what does it. Watching again. It's an old lady trying to cross the street and, and, you know, traffic and stuff. And she, needs, she has some bags. And some, these guys come up like, Hey, we'll help you help her get across the street. Make sure the traffic doesn't hit her, get her to her car. That's all great. And again, the more you associate yourself in those types of situations, as we all should, we should all be helping each other all the time as much as we can, right? Right.
0: right. So
1: the more we act in these acts of kindness, then therefore the more opportunity there will be for displays of gratitude and the more other people, including ourselves, can see these displays happening, the more deep our own gratitude practice becomes and the more positive effect it has on our body on a literally a physiological level, bro. It is blowing so i would that's, highly that's everyone should go listen to this yeah andrew huberman he talks about uh gratitude practice and stuff so if you're it's,
0: gonna listen to another podcast check
1: to- it out <laughs> come come back come back but listen, yeah. listen anyway so 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 that's the long way around of saying you know what my my daily uh my daily practice man it's it's evolved so much you know, depending on where I was in my life and where I felt my mental or emotional, or spiritual or physical well being are at in any moment in my life. And right now, I feel very stable. I feel very solid. I feel I feel very connected to God uh, throughout the day because I try to be very cognizant of the fact that God is everywhere, all the time, and. Uh, uh, very much a part of my life and everyone else's. And you can recognize that in nature and each other and opportunities. And, you know, I mean, I'm reminded of God literally every time I go and do a a, a pr- promotional thing for American underdog. The fact that I even got to do American underdog was completely faded. Like I felt God's, you know, I use the term God's fingerprints. Like I felt God's fingerprints were all over it. I wasn't even supposed to do that movie that I wasn't going to be available for it. They were, I was going to be shooting other stuff and they were going to be making that and then the pandemic and then everything got wiped. And then all of a sudden I was available. They wanted to spool it up. They were like, you were one of our first choices. Would you want to do this? Read the script already knew the story. I was like, this is incredible. Let's go make this movie. And it, and it also helped, you know, genuinely like going back to the beginning of the conversation work, 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 work. And I have had a hard time sitting in that pandemic. I had a real hard time sitting in yeah. that pandemic. My, my mental health went wee, 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 wee,
0: way down the drain again. And I call you. I'm like, yeah. Hey, what are you taking right now? Does yeah. it work? And we talk about like yeah. different things we're taking and trying to get the right concoction or the right yeah. recipe f- to, to help us a yeah. little bit well, for the things that we're doing.
1: 100%. So I thinking my mental health was much stronger and then not and then sitting and not working and not and it's not even my fault. Right. So like if I wasn't working because I wasn't booking things or auditions or whatever, you can kind of be like, it's on me. So then I can then you can rationalize blaming yourself almost. Right. But I'm sitting there feeling like I'm failing my life because of nothing I did, but just because of a thing that happened and I'm not working and I'm not doing the thing that again, I was deriving so much of my identity and worth out of, which was not good and a good check to me to recognize that I was a whole bunch of work that I still had yet to do and still continue to do right. Obviously, but coming out of that going into making these really amazing little films in American underdog and this other one, Uh, unbreakable boy back to back in Oklahoma city. And finally, for the first time having enough friends and my therapist convinced me like, yo, you should try some help, some medical, like some pharmaceutical help. It, it, it could really help you to get, just get out of this, the darkness and the fog that you find yourself in when you hit these depths. And, uh, you know, my, and my therapist, um, who, uh, here in LA, who I, um, see when I'm in LA or still, you know, we'll do zoom, zoom appointments here and there, but he, you know, I was talking to him and he's like, listen, you know, imagine you're in a pitch black room. I'm sure I've even talked to you about this, but imagine imagine you're in a pitch black room. You know that there's a light above you and a switch right on that light. And there, and you know, there's a stool right next to you. You can feel it. Right. And you know that if you get on that stool, you'll be tall enough to reach the light and turn it on, but you need the stool to do it. Think of it like that. Think of if you need mm. to go and get on some help with some, you right. know, antidepressant or whatever. Think of it as this stool. You need it for right now to turn that light on, to get your head above the darkness and look around. Be oh, oh, some perspective. When you're, we have no perspective when we are in super deep depression or anxiety. No. Another, another therapist that I, I once told me it's another great analogy. It's like imagine putting put your hand all the way up to your face, and you're like, well, you know, what does that look like? A hand? It, well. Not really. It's all blurry. And you see like, you know, 20 different fingers that, you know what I, it's like, can you identify exactly what it is? No, if anything's this close to your face, you can't identify what it is. You just have to pull it back a little bit and you go, oh, that's my hand. And that's another kind of analogy, if you will, of like, you just, you need to get that perspective. And if you're still stuck in depression, hardcore depression, you have very little perspective. And well, you have perspective. It's just completely fucked. Right. That's that's where the lies can really get to you. That's why if you, if you, you, start, believing you start believing, you start believing things real. that are not real. And that again, like understanding just how much our bodies can be hijacked. Have grace with yourself. If you're stuck, guys, if you're listening or, or watching this right now, if you are stuck in a darkness right now, have grace with you. Your mind is not working the way it is supposed to work. Your serotonin levels are down. Your dopamine levels are down. Your norepinephrine levels are down. Whatever is down, that can be that can be balanced. That can be helped. That can be helped through uh, through therapy, th- talk therapy, all manner of different therapies. It can also be helped through psychiatry and getting some type of medicine that can help stabilize you so you can help. S- you <laughs> feel and see yourself and the world and how you fit in it more clearly have a
0: semblance of normalcy in your life and also you know what I will say about that is like it it takes time you know I've been going through some different meds because you know my body reacts differently yeah and so you know I the last thing I was on I just was constantly fatigued I felt like a zombie yeah and I'm like all right well that's not the you know you can't let it get the best of you I'm like all right what's the next thing yeah let's see if there's something else that uh, I I can work with that's just you know uh so i think that 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 is is important to know too yeah. it does, doesn't happen the first thing like oh There's i got a... on meds and this, no, this, no, this no. is just terrible yeah no because you know it's well, like yeah. you have changed meds no when
1: i when i finally yeah when my when i was finally when i finally let go of whatever the fears of the stigmas of like a, being a person who needed uh you know medication to help him emotionally mentally stabilize you know, and this, I've been talking about mental health for years yeah. and I, 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 all I want to do is destigmatize it. And yet, even for somebody who talks about it, I, st- I still feel those stigmas and those fears. We all do, you know, yeah. particularly when you have poor mental health, you're not thinking clearly, you're not seeing clearly, you're not feeling clearly. So those stigmas and fears become giants instead of just being like, no, what am I talking about? That's ridiculous. Right. That's not at all because <laughs> there are so many people that require this assistance. And by the way, something my therapist told me, he goes, listen, once you're on the stool and you turn on the light and you look around, maybe you don't need to stand on that stool anymore. Maybe you're able to step back right. step down and the light stays on and you're That's good and you're good. And, and, but furthermore, and also maybe Zach, maybe you need to stay on that stool for a long time or forever. Who knows? Because it you can't be judging yourself for that. And this, why, what do, do does a diabetic uh, judge themselves? Cause they have to stay insulin for the rest of their lives. I mean, maybe if there's diabetes brought on to themselves, maybe some people feel, you know, a, a self, shame in that or self-deprecation or whatever, but if you're born with diabetes and you need insulin for the rest of your life, that's your life. Are you, should you judge yourself and shame yourself because that's how you're, you're built. That's your DNA. Absolutely not. Right. And you know, and, and mental health is like dental health, man. It's, it should be treated the same. We get these little cavities of stresses and anxieties and depressions and lacks of self-love or value or whatever it is, these little, little teeny mental cavities. And we don't do the work to to eradicate them when they're little, right. and then they rot and fester, and rot and fester become full-on needed root canals later on, but still fixable. Still fixable. You can right. still get there. You can still do it, you know?
0: Good analogy on so, that one. Yeah, cheers. I mean, I, I think about <laughs> I li- it a I lot. I like you that know? analogy. That's but, really but good. But at
1: any rate, and, you know, in therapy and, and meditation and prayer and and, and, and medication, all these things, these are ways for us to blush, blush, brush and floss our minds, you know, and, and talking these things out. And so anyway, going up into Oklahoma to go do these, these incredible films that were really life-changing, I was now going on to medication really for the first time in my life. And so, yeah, I started on Prozac and that really, it did help me. Um, that's an SSRI. That's more of a serotonin, you know, kind of um, uh powered situation. What is this SS? Re, NS- the serotonin reuptake inhibitor but i can't remember the the first s anyway yeah. anyway most most antidepressants um that i know of I, i'm not an ex, uh, an, uh, an expert or authority on this but most that i know of are ssris they are serotonin focused um antidepressants but there are others like welbutrin which is what i ultimately you know uh to which is a um Uh, That that's kind of focused on more of a dopamine. It releases dopamine. It's one
0: of the only drugs that releases
1: dopamine. I think, or one of the only antidepressants. Antidepressants. But again, don't. We're not. We're not giving anybody medical advice. Uh, And but since we are talking about this, I but I would encourage everyone out there if you are struggling with a consistent depression or anxiety, please do not hesitate in trying to get some medical help. There is nothing wrong with it. There is no stigma about it. And I'm telling you, I am living proof that. You know, I feared it. I felt I feared the stigma, and I felt oh, it's not going to work, or it's going to make me a different person, or whatever. And I am so grateful that I made that decision. And I, but I'm also not suggesting that everyone go try Prozac or right. Wellbutrin. You see what these are all very is, different right. experiences for very different people. So please contact if you if you do feel like you need it, go get it. I encourage you with everything in my heart. Please go go get that assistance if you need it. But talk to a psychiatrist, yes. a licensed professional. <laughs> tell them what's going By on. Though, yes, By- and be patient with it because as as Mike was saying. You know, sometimes it doesn't work right out of the gate. First of all, it takes about a month to even really kick in with a lot of antidepressants. So you got to give it time. And in that time, like when I started on Prozac, so one of the reasons I was having, you know, a lot of anxiety and anxiety attacks and things that would then also kind of tie into my depressions and all these things. And so um, some SSRIs are also very good at, you know, helping to cycle down your anxieties and then therefore helping with the depression. So I believe Prozac is, is known to to do that. So I was taking that, but you know, with, <laughs> with, with a lot of, uh, pharmaceuticals, some of the side effects are the very things that you're trying to battle. So like with Prozac, you can get, you can get like a higher anxiety. I was already having high anxiety. And then I started getting some really high anxiety and it was gnarly, but you got to, you got to be very patient, give it time, time. you know, be in a space where you can do it and have the people around you, but also remind yourself as my therapist reminded me, he goes, you have to tell yourself, this is just your brain. Remember, this is your brain. You were not, there's nothing to actually be anxious about. This is, this is a great reminder of how your body can hijack your mind. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm on pins and needles. I've got so much anxiety. It's like, Oh my, no, I'm not. There's nothing wrong in my life right now. It's this thing that is essentially affecting my body in the way that it's affecting it. You are, you know, biohacking it. Right. And so then, on the other side of the anxiety, that that did dwindle, and then I was in a much calmer state of the serotonin, you know, reuptake, um, in in inhibited <laughs> in, inhibition. I don't know, um, uh, And I and I felt much better, much m- more stable, yeah. uh, calmer, but more lethargic, ti- more tired. Libido was all messed up, like all you know things that you know there are these other There's things some that, that, that sometimes you know are not what you want, but but ultimately, it got me out of the darkness enough where then I could start actually thinking much more uh, critically, much more <laughs> – um, uh, I could see reality in a, with more perspective. Sure. And then in that and d- diving deeper into now all of – you know, these, these, uh, these, uh, you know, Huberman podcasts and things and learning more about my body and how it works. Um I became uh, much more aware of what I think was going on in my life, which was a massive dopamine uh, deficiency. So that's why I thought maybe I should go and try. That's and, why I what, yeah. And, and sure enough, man, like it, I just, I think it's like what you ultimately hope for with something like this, which is that you don't feel anything other than normal. And I feel kind of normal, the most normal I've maybe ever felt in my life, for the first time in my life at 41. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't realize just how much anxiety, depression I was suffering through my whole life, man. Like, until I didn't know that this constant. which turned out to be anxiety, this constant feeling in me of being like walking on eggshells, which was no shocker. I mean, that was my childhood was very much a, a like that. So sure. it builds those patterns in you. you. you are your mind. Those synapses are created. And then all of a sudden you live a life that is accustomed to how you survived as a child in your household and in your community. That's an ego guys. That that's how that works. It's a, it's an incredible like safety device, life raft, uh, uh, um, suit of armor that we get, right. but it, it, but it's not the end all because then you at the end if you don't go actually work on the traumas that you suffered that your ego allowed you to suffer through and survive if you don't go work on that then you end up this crippled contorted this you know, this 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 um, uh, armor is now crinkled up on you and crunching you in and you know you, you think you're walking around and you're fine but you're really all messed up inside yeah because all of these you know hits and, 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 uh, so anyway, I, I think that, uh, I I think diving into all of that stuff and and recognizing that more and recognizing what I, I really believe was in my childhood and in my traumas, I was constantly going toward addiction, really. I mean, dopamine is, uh, you get dopamine from almost any addiction. And I didn't realize that like my video game playing as a kid, which was extensive and still I play games now. Like I, I always, you know, you, you always kind of know, like, yeah, I guess I was, you know, guess I was a gamer. I, well, no, no, no. Meaning like, uh, yeah, certainly a gamer, but no, <laughs> I guess I was, you know, running there to get away from my problems or whatever. Mm. But you, what you don't realize is that you're not just distracting yourself. You're actually addicting yourself to a thing. And by the way, that can be so many different things. Right. I mean, drinking, sex, drinking, uh, sex, drugs, all that stuff, but also like, you know, compulsive, uh, buying, Like, there's a lot of collectors, you know, a lot of people that love collecting things. And guess what? Part of of the reason why people are hardcore collectors is because you get a little hit of dopamine every time you get that thing. That's true. My mom was a compulsive shopper. And part of the reason why is because it was one of the only ways she felt like she could succeed. Dopamine is this incredible drug, bro. Like... We need it evolutionarily. The reason it it is both, it is the reward and encouragement drug in our life. So if we don't have dopamine, we don't continue to go like try and challenge. And, you know, it was essentially I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not the scientist here, but from the things that I've read and listened to, you know, evolutionarily, we needed it in order to push us to go run miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles to go find prey somewhere out there that hopefully wouldn't kill us while we tried to kill it and then bring it miles and miles and miles and miles home and then find a new location and a new location and a new place to set up camp without dopamine, we
0: wouldn't get it because dopamine So I'm going to go and you you could be and you could be deficient, surely deficient on dopamine, and a lot of people are deficient on dopamine that don't know that they're deficient. Yes,
1: yes, because because essentially dopamine has diminishing returns, like almost every you know thing, every drug, every every hormone. If you if you're hitting it too hard, it eventually stops doing the thing you want. It's you know uh, at its highest level. So. Then what happens is, and I think this happened starting early on as a child and also moving up to the Northwest when I was in middle school, which was, that was the first probably clinical depression I ever had. Cause I went from being in sunny Southern California and a Cali kid and up to Seattle. And I was this new kid and super nerdy and all the kids like did not like me. And, oh man. And I, and, and it was like the seasonal depression stuff. Like for four yeah. years, I was living in this gray dreary, oh man, it was hard. But again, I didn't recognize nor did my parents because they weren't tuned in enough that I was clinically depressed at that point, like hardcore clinically depressed. And I was also in this very traumatic household where my, my mom and stepdad fought like cats and dogs, a lot incessantly, of dysfunction, so much dysfunction. And so I would go to these video games or rollerblading. Oh my God, I was a huge rollerblader when I was in middle school. No wonder all the kids loved me. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so, but I would do these things and these would give me my dopamine. And I was very addicted to these things. I had to go and do these things. Well, Eventually what happens and you don't know it is that you need more and 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 more just to get the same kind of feeling that you started with. And eventually that you have to pay the piper on that. So this is one of the coolest things I've learned. Dopamine kind of works uh, on like in this lever in our mind, if you will, like a seesaw. Okay. Right. And it's this pleasure pain seesaw now pain, by the way, is not just physical pain. It's really just kind of any, du- anytime you're under duress, creative duress, mental duress, physical duress. Like if you're trying to solve a problem, that can be the pain side of, of the lever. If you're in physical pain, you, that can be the pain side of the lever, things like that. And the other side is pleasure. It's the dopamines and serotonins and, and things, well, specifically dopamine. And, the, and it's this feel good. It's a reward. So when you go work hard, your body then feels good. So like runner's high, going to the gym and lifting weights, you're really putting your body through it and you feel great on the other side of it, right? I need it, dopamine. It, it, right. Well, so check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I need dopamine, Ryan. So check it out. So the way this lever, th- this, this, this back and forth works is when you push down on one side of that, you push down and you push down, like, let's say you're pushing down to the pain side. So you're, you're working out of the gym real hard and you're doing it or you're, you're run five miles. And then all of a sudden now you stopped. You're, now you, now you you're, you're on you're, the, the duress is over and now your body then flips to the other side, corrects for how much it was pushed down on this side and then corrects over on that side for whatever amount. And now you get the pleasure out of it. Now the dopamine gets released into your body, but here's the trick. <laughs> if you push down on the fun side, if you're pushing down on to get the dopamine, so you're just playing video games. I mean, not that you, not that you there's run not out. some direction. You run out. Well, no, no, but yeah, you start, you start, oh, well, you 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 have to pay the piper on the other side. If you're, if you're just drinking or just doing drugs or you're doing like sex or anything that is not essentially earning the dopamine, earning the reward, you're just giving yourself the reward. You're just playing video games and giving yourself the reward. You're just doing that. That still has to balance back the other way. And people don't know that. That's why you feel horrible the next day after you've gone out partying too hard or, or when you've gone and had sex with somebody and it didn't, it was soulless and it didn't mean anything. You're like, Oh my, what, you know, what, why do I feel so horrible about this? Well, part of it is that, I mean, part of it is a spiritual thing, but also part of it is your body was like, didn't earn it. <laughs> you, you didn't right, earn it. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's it really interesting. So, so then if you'd end up doing that a lot and I do it and I've self medicated in so many ways for so long in my life, I still do in ways, you know I mean? It's, but I think I've, I'm at a much healthier place in my life. And again, I feel very good about who I am. You're and, aware, and more exactly, aware, far more awake. Absolutely. But the concept is crazy and it's real. And I think that if we can understand that better, we can tr- love ourselves better and understand that, Hey, don't go after the cheap dopamine go after the good stuff, go and go and take care of your body, go take care of your mind, take care of your heart, take care of your soul, take care of each other. Those, those things are all a little accomplishments waking up in the morning. you know, like, what, um, you know, they, they always say, you know, first thing in the morning, you want to wake up and make your bed. It's not to have a cleaner room. It's because you get your first, hit, your first hit of, feeling dopamine. of accomplishment. It's a, you get your first little hit of dopamine and you want that because it's, it, it's a, it's kind of like a, there's a momentum to it. The more dopamine you can kick in earned in these little accomplishments, you know, you know, like I I'm so envious of people that are always so like, they wake up in the morning and they are so on it. And they're like, they got a checklist a ba, 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 and you can sense it. They are happier people. I mean, some of them are <laughs> incredibly like anal or whatever, anal but that aside it, for to be able to be like, so into accomplishing the things that you want to go and accomplish and you earn them, and you definitely feel more. And also, it makes you feel like you can accomplish more. That's part of the encouragement part of dopamine. You get the reward, but it also encourages you and more, and more. You can do more. This is why you could keep running from one mile to two miles to three miles. Ryan's to- nodding. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's real. It's real.
0: Write this down. I need more dopamine. I need
1: to make my bed. Yeah. It's all important stuff, man.
0: I know. I started making my bed over the pandemic. That helped so much. It It does. Just just a a little, little, man. a little little accomplishments. You know, this is, it's amazing how when I talk to you almost, I'm like, oh my God, we've talked for an hour. Ah. And it, it doesn't even feel like, have we not talked for an hour? I don't know. Yeah, an hour and five minutes we've talked already. Love and I, I want to listen. I I always learn so much from you, I really do. You're just so open and giving, and I feel like I want to have you on the show every year. Every year you have to come on because bro, you're you know, so you know you help me you, ask me. you to. help people. You're you're genuinely a good guy. You're genuinely a good guy, and I think well, you've worked that. hard on yourself. And I'm so glad that you love yourself. I'm trying. It's a daily practice, bro. It's a daily practice. But you got it, by the way,
1: and just for, for going back to that for a second, you know, when, when you had asked why you loved yourself, of course, the the thing that we go to the most is well, we think about oftentimes, like, these are things I like about myself or what I've accomplished or, you know, whatever those types of things. Like, I'm good at these things. Try to, I think this is important, try to forget all that and and understand what it means to love yourself without all that. Because there are no qualifiers. Imagine radically loving yourself and other people so much that you don't even need the qualifier of, well, I like this about me, or I did this well or whatever, because that still does not stand in the way of you being infinitely lovable.
0: I like it. Do you understand? I do. Okay. Uh, this is called shit talking with Zach Levi. These are a couple of questions you could uh, spit fire f- fast. Oh, are we uh, coming to the end of the podcast? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> oh. I mean, sort of. Yes. Oh man. Our, our episodes are an hour. We like no. you know we don't. There's Too some people bad. that there's some people that have three hours, and I'm just like I can't. I can't we could have got it. to the meaning of life here, but no.
1: Uh, Rosie's got
0: other things to do. No, but I think we are <laughs> talking about the meaning of life. Don't you? I think that's exactly what we're talking for sure, about. Bro. For sure. For sure. For sure. Lisa H. Favorite beverage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Favorite beverage? I mean, to be perfectly honest, at this point in my life, as it probably should be, water. I guess. I mean, but if we're talking about other than water, if we're talking like uh, like um, alcoholic beverage, tequila soda, a reposada, a nice tequila's reposada. Tequila gives possible. you boners
0: too. Keeps boners. <laughs> yeah, tequila is good for boners. I think. Uh, anyway, was unaware of that. Uh, Raj, describe your 2021 in song lyrics.
1: Uh, uh that's kind of, that could be that could be really that could be really fun. Oh man. Um see here's part of the problem. My- I no no part of the problem is that I'm one of those guys who always knows the melody, but almost never knows all the lyrics. Like ahead, I know, I, tell, me, tell me though, and I'll see if I can help you. No, I don't well for, I don't know. Like he's for asking instance, for lyrics. I'm not mine I, would be,
0: have you never been mellow? Have you never tried? <laughs> song is that it's uh olivia newton john olivia newton
1: john oh man she's oh okay i got one um it's the end of the world (laughs) as (laughs) we know it and i feel feel fine fine. yeah something like that. amy
0: b have you ever had a paranormal supernatural anomalous anomalous experience if so what did you experience hmm um
1: i don't know Paranormal.
0: Paranormal experience. Supernatural. Yeah. Anomalous anomalous is that what the word is anomalous
1: well i do feel like i might have seen some kind of ufo once in i the think sky. i did too
0: yeah 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 Ooh, We I could like everybody got, might oh I don't yeah know. they and exist then the government's
1: always like oh we were testing rockets and we go oh it was just rockets but really it was all aliens the whole
0: time it's no it's but
1: wait, aliens. there's so many new documents coming out oh, <laughs> talking dude, about like the dude, government's dude. like yes oh yeah, so, yeah there we don't and, even get me started we don't know what to do <laughs> don't get me started on <laughs> this so there's amazing. so
0: much shit coming out we could talk about that that's amazing bob k what breed of dog best describes you
1: um, well, I'd like to say the breed of my dog, which is like a, a Queensland healer, like a blue healer, but that's probably not. J- I don't know. Most people would associate me more to like a golden retriever or something. <laughs> I
0: could see a lovable
1: golden Just retriever, happy, happy
0: and bouncy. People would consider me a golden happy retriever, and bouncy. Le- happy and bouncy. Leah asks favorite thing about living in Texas and least favorite thing.
1: Uh, a f- favorite thing. I mean, I don't know. It's super groovy. I mean, particularly Austin. I just think it's a a groovy. I I live out uh, just outside of town, but I still get into Austin a good bit. And I just, I love my friends there. I love the community there. I love the art scene and the vibe and the food and very, very big on Austin um, and all that jazz. Uh, the thing I would probably say I, I, le- I least like is just when the weather is not yeah. cooperating, you know? Right. And sometimes that can be because it's, like, super hot. Sometimes it's because it's super cold. Sometimes it's because it's, like, super raining or, you know, rainy or windy. or. It's certainly not southern. Like, the, probably other than my friends and family and community that I had to leave behind here in L.A., uh, the only thing I really miss is the weather what you know everything else uh, you guys can have it uh
0: leanne says not a question but a comment thank you so much for all you do for promoting mental health awareness really appreciate all you do amen Mich- always michelle k what can you do today that you were not capable of a year ago or maybe two years ago mm. what's different what, what are you capable of doing now well i'm, I'm
1: capable of throwing a better football <laughs> which i appreciate <laughs> good um but, I, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know, going back to literally what we were talking about before, I'm, I am more capable of loving myself now than I was a year ago. And, yes. and therefore two years ago or, or, you know, three or four, whatever. I think every, again, you know, we're every day we're, the only person we're competing with is ourselves from yesterday. That's, it. if we're competing with anyone or anything else, then we've lost the plot. You're just trying to keep daily, gradually, granularly working on yourself and loving yourself more. And every single moment where you would normally you do a thing and you're embarrassed or you're ashamed or all just stop and go, Hey, you know what? Yes. I need to learn from this. Yes. this I, I should probably not do this thing, but I understand that I'm, this is a re this is a manifestation of unhealed shit in my life. Amen. And, it, th- and that doesn't excuse it, it, j- but it can give you grace with yourself. It can give you patience with yourself and you can do it in that moment. One, two, three, four, five, Mel Robbins is that who she's got that five second rule, whatever count to five. And in that moment, say, love yourself more, love yourself more than what you're, than what you're about to do right now right. and remind yourself.
0: Yeah. So I do I, that. I, that I'm better I Love now. It. Um, this is a quick question. I want to know. You know, there's been so many revivals of like, you know, Mm. Buffy or whatever they're doing, going back and doing like six episodes of Party Down and this and that. Uh, Reno 911. Do you think if they ever asked you to do a Chuck, like kind of like a little five episode thing or something, you consider it? What? Well. They're talking to you about it. You're smiling. So. So
1: I've been trying to make a Chuck movie since before we even finished the show like i i i was always like you know for almost no money budget and no time we were basically making a mini action movie every week anyway right and so if we had like a little more budget and a little more time we could make i think some really killer little truck movies you know and put them online or whatever the heck i've been literally trying to do this since 2012 wow whatever and uh dude i feel like the time is is Nearing. nigh. it's nigh yeah i i've had some very good promising conversations with uh producers well with with uh, the creators uh, josh schwartz and chris fedak and we had a really lovely get together and catch up and you know i a few well but during the pandemic I, we did we did a, a chuck reunion um zoom uh, zoom you know uh, a deal and um it was so great I mean, I think it was a great reminder for everybody, like just how special and magical our little family was. And, 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 and everyone was just like right back into it. It was, it was really great. And, uh, and I, and I think Josh and, and Chris, you know, and they've built entire empires for themselves now. And it just, and the time is, I think is good. So hopefully, I don't know. We'll see. I, for all the Chuck fans who are listening to this right now, this is not, well, maybe I'll, I don't know. I don't know if this is a, you're an, just, an official you're just announcement. Ex- yeah. I don't know if this is an official announcement or not, but I will tell you that for all of you who have been patient, thank you for your patience. I have not stopped trying and I will not stop trying. I've joked that I will, you know, even if I'm a six geriatric Chuck, we're going to do it one day.
0: But, um, but yeah,
1: man, I think, I think we're close to making something happen, which I'm super excited about. And, and I think it works perfect because now, you know, like it's a Warner brothers show. It's, you know, it's owned by Warner brothers and, um, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, with all the streamers now and, you know, HBO max, I mean, you know, like that we could easily just, start making some movies and putting them there and just I want to roll yeah I want
0: some role in that oh we'll work on that we'll baby. work on that we'll dude on uh that. lastly I mean I know this is kind of a dark subject but I know you lost your mom in 2015 to cancer yeah and I know it's been no so- no
1: no not to cancer no no also also I appreciate that but not dark it's not dark I
0: I I just want to know how yeah. you How you deal with that because there was a lot of dysfunction and I know you loved your mother and I know there was a lot of, it was tough, but uh, do you feel like you still think about it? Do you still deal with it? Is it something that you'll always deal with or you, you pretty, you feel pretty good about? No,
1: no, I, I I don't know, man. I mean, look, in, in the midst of all of the insanity that, that was my relationship with my mom, you know, for the last, you know, 13 years or whatever, we didn't have a relationship. I, I, I attempted to help her in as many ways as I could without enabling as, as much as possible, which is very difficult sometimes, you know, like, I mean, you know, at one point she was, she was basically going to go to jail or go to, um, or be homeless. And, you know, like, you don't know what to do because your mother is very mentally unhealthy, very f- mentally uh, and and emotionally very unhealthy. And, unless somebody like that sees uh, like a really hard, (laughs) like hits a real wall, are they ever going to recognize that they need help? And so you're put in this weird gambit, really. It's like, well, I don't want my mom to be homeless, but I also don't want her to keep being the thing that would make her homeless, like in her, in her unwellness. So we, we danced for, you know, 13 years of trying to do the best. I was doing the best I could. Um, you know, but, uh, in that time. And even after, you know, when she died, I I wept for three days, super hard. And then I stopped and I didn't cry anymore after that until I went to therapy, uh, you know, not two, two years after that thinking I had dealt with it all the time. Like I didn't, even when my mom was still alive, I would be like, you know, I don't, I don't hate my mom. I don't, I don't hold anything against my mom. Well, I was suppressing so much shit, so much shit. So I, I, you know, if you're not metabolizing that, then you think you've dealt with it because you've done some mental gymnastics to convince yourself that you have, but you have to go feel that stuff emotionally, you got to actually feel it. And so it wasn't until I went to therapy, and I, you know, was in Connecticut, those three weeks that totally saved my life really. And one of my assignments was write a letter to your mom and your dad. And I, you know, it took me 10 minutes just to start. I was crying so hard when I first started to write this. letter. I couldn't, 10 minutes went by and I couldn't, every time the pen would go to paper, I'd be like, I I mean, it was gnarled, Barkley. And then, um, you know, and then finally I started writing it and the whole front of this piece of paper was, fuck, like, I can't believe you did all these things to me and the girl, my sisters, and why did you do this? And you did this and you did that. And yeah, you're just really kind of venting and getting stuff out. And I flipped the page and this was not even an intentional thing I was thinking to do or whatever, but I flipped the page and literally something just flipped in my mind. And all of a sudden it was empathy that poured out. And I was like, (sighs) Oh buddy, it was just like, (sighs) but I know, I know that you did all these things because they were done to you because you were abused as a girl. You were abused as a kid. And I and I you know, I just recognize like, you know, and that's why I think it's so important. We have to, we have to look at each other. Our parents are the rest of our family, our friends, society, our worst enemies, the people that you would see as the most evil in the world. And you have to see the child in them. We have to stop and look at the child in that person that was abused. They got different programming. They came from a different world and go, okay, you're not evil. You are just, you can't, you, this, your journey was entirely different. And maybe in your journey, you were so fucked up. You were so abused. You were taught that killing people is good or hurting people or stealing from people. That's why people do these things, <laughs> It's not because they're monsters. It's not because they're evil. It's because they were once abused themselves. So all of a sudden, that was like the whole second half of this letter. To my forgiveness.
0: Mom. forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness.
1: Radical. Radical love. Radical acceptance. Radical. Radical forgiveness, man. It's you know, that, necessary for all of us, for that, this world right now.
0: I agree with you 100%. And thank you for being so open about that. Oh, I mean, always, it's beautiful. Always, dude. It's always, beautiful. Oh, I, I went through the same thing with, uh, I did a little EMDR up in oh, Connecticut, yeah. and I remember saying, "I'm fine, I'm fine." And every day, she was like, "Yeah, I don't think you're. I don't think we're not going to do this today." Yeah, I go, "Okay, when are we going to do it next yeah. day?" Now nah, we're not going to do this. And then one day, I just had this this thought. I go, I go, oh yeah, this happened, blah, 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 yeah. And then he goes, let's talk about, it. we're going to do the EMDR right now. Yeah, and I go, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. And we started doing it and I started Im- crying yeah. hysterically like, oh my God, what's happening? It's uncontrollable yeah. and it's coming out. It's like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why was this? Why? Why couldn't you be yeah. more patient? Why couldn't you be? And all of a sudden I just said, but I forgive them. And I just started crying. I don't even know why I said it, but subconsciously I yeah, did. Yeah. It came out. Yeah, like you yeah. just said in yeah, the writing, yeah, yeah. I forgave. Yeah. And that there's something to be said about that, that, that feels good that you're like, you did the best you could. I forgive you. Yeah. I'm not giving them, you know, and it, um, uh, 100%, but I, but I, I do think that <clears throat> in order to get to
1: actual true forgiveness, because I think a lot of us think we're practicing forgiveness with a lot of people, including ourselves. And we might be on some level, but there's still something, there's still some judgment in us of, but they did this to me, you know, they, it, it, you know what I mean? And the only way to actually fully get rid of all that in you, which is this poison that we drink, hoping the other person, in order to get rid of all of it, you've got to radically accept it. There is no, I can't, I, I'm not an expert in this. I've done a lot of therapy. I've read a lot of things and listened to a lot of people that are way smarter than me. And I, I, the only thing that I can point to that can get us there. And this is with ourselves, with our families, with, with our country right now, the polarization, the, the politicization of everything that's going on, every way that we keep getting ripped asunder as human beings and as a society, we have got to look at other people and radically accept them and where they came from. And and that's not just forgiving them. I think a lot of people are like, well, I'll forgive you for doing that thing, but you're still an asshole. You know? Right, right. And right. again, they might be an asshole, but for you to be that's just for you to recognize that they're doing asshole stuff and have boundaries. But to sit and have this, yeah, but that asshole. The way we all roll our eyes and look down our nose and all these things, the sarcasms that we use with each other. Look at the fucking news, man. Like journalists don't even report news anymore all they are are opinion machines they're opinion machines and they in we don't want to know what you think on all sides it doesn't matter what the political spectrum is on all sides of it they're just sniping each other left and right and there's so much disdain there is so much hubris there It, it makes me sad it makes me sick to my stomach that this is the way that we're being led as people this is the, this is the narrative that's being spewed forth. That the people's minds continue to be essentially more programmed by it. it's more hate and it's more fear instead of looking across the aisle and saying, listen, I completely disagree with you, but I know that you're still, I, I mean, whether you believe in God or not, you're a creation of, I, I would say child of God. It doesn't matter who you are. You're a, you are as a, if you were alive, you're an extension of God and that that should be valued. It should be valued. We should value people on that alone. Anyway,
0: bye, bye, I, bye, I love you. I love you too. This is this has been fantastic. And this is, by the way, just so you know, this is probably the longest podcast I've done in a while. I never do more than like fifty-five minutes an hour, all right, all right. and I I can I'm talk to you forever. No, no, you you take me. <laughs> go the distance. I am so moonlight Graham. I I, I I love you. Have you thought about the lyrics finally of the song? Yeah, it's the end of the world as we know that, it. You do that's the one you're going to. go And with. I feel fine. And you feel. Fine. And I feel fine. And I feel fine. Because right, I got some feel? faith. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for Ryan. Thumbs up for me. Zach Levi, you're an extraordinary human being, a great man, a good friend, great friend. And uh, you're always there. You're always there. And I appreciate you coming on again, man. Bless you, man. I
1: receive all of that. I echo
0: it right back at you. Thank you for having such an incredible forum for
1: people like myself to come on and talk about shit that we think is important.
0: Man, he got emotional, didn't he? He did. Did you get emotional when you were watching a little bit? I mean, it's hard not to. (laughs) <laughs> it's alright. it is man especially when you're in the room and you're interviewing him and he starts talking about this and you could see his eyes well up and i got emotional i got a little emotional i, I tried to hide and try to be professional but i really uh, commend commend zach for opening up like that you know it's uh he's a sweet guy and if you came here again for zach levi and you like the podcast i hope you'll stick around and just come to listen to me talk to people and uh, watch people open up and, and I think it helps humanity. I think it helps you know when, when guests open up or they say I always learn something from them there's always they, you know you'll get something Sam you, you know as long as they open up and, and usually they do everybody you know has something going on in their lives we've all faced adversity so uh, thanks for tuning in again the at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook follow us and in, in Twitter at inside of you pod go to the inside of you online store. If you want awesome merch, um, sunspin.com. If you want merch and you want to zoom with me, uh, we're going to do a stage at show January 29th, January 29th at 2 PM and 6 PM Pacific standard time. Please get tickets and listen to the band. We're going to play live virtually. And it's our first show in a couple months. We're really excited and, uh, awesome. So I'm going to read the top tier to patrons. Get ready for this? These are go to if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com/slash/insideyou. Uh, I love these guys; they really support the podcast. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Raj C, Emily S, CJP, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, Eldon Supremo. He uh, on a Zoom, he puked. When I was talking to him, it was beautiful. Crazy guy. I love Dan. 99 more, Ramira, San Diego M, Chad W. Yeah, he's going to be a lawyer too. So instead of taking the bar, he's going to take the barf. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Dan? We made that joke together. Yes. I love him. Santiago M, Chad W, Liam P, Janine R, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Spider Man Chase, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Lilian A, Michelle K, Talia M, Betsy D, Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle, Nathan E, Marion, Meg K, Janelle P, Dan N, Big Stevie W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Super Sam, Coleman G, Dev Nexon. Dev Nexon. Dev Nexon. Ow. At the... Where would he play? He'd play at the... Uh, uh, Who's the band? The Palladium. Dev Nexon. Next Tuesday night at the Palladium, 8 p.m. Get your tickets now. Palladium. Dev Nexon. Uh, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Sebastian K, Gavinator, David C, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, The C, Joey M, Willie F, Christina E, Adelaide N, Omar I, Lena N, Eugene and Leah I got to meet all these guys, we did a big Zoom with all the uh, patrons, the top tier patrons And I got to see a lot of faces, it was really nice, I liked it Beautiful. Chris Chris P, Nikki G, Corey, Patricia M, Maria N, Heather L, Jake B, Bobbitt, Ed A Ed A, Ed A, Ed A, Ed a. Ed a. What's up Ed A? How are you, mate? Oh, I it. Ed A. It's Ed. Ed A. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And uh, we got another great podcast coming up, episode next week. Thank you to Jason. Thank you, Jason Nelkin, our editor who sat in for Ryan today. Great job. Great to be here. Great to see you. Love it. Great to fart in front of you earlier. Love it. Um, Thank you, Ryan, my wonderful engineer. And uh, thank you, Bryce, our producer thank you cumulus agnes katrin Teresa, kelly uh you guys all rock i love you and i appreciate you if you're listening if you're listening to the podcast but uh thank you everyone for listening and uh be good to yourself if you have anxiety if you have shit that you're dealing with talk to someone man get some help i mean better help brian goes to better help i don't know uh, jason do you go to therapy i don't but i need to you will you'll go to therapy everybody should everybody should you need to talk our shit out yeah check up on your body check up on your brain yeah yeah betterhelp.com betterhelp.com yeah is that betterhelp.com i think you put the code word in inside they're not even a sp- are they a sponsor on this episode i don't know but i'm giving them credit because I, li- I like these guys yeah shout out better help. why not better help they're they're rocking um all right michael rosenbaum from the hollywood hills in california jason elkin also from the hollywood hills in california wave to the camera jason Guys, thank you for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you. Until next week, be good to yourselves. I'll try to be good to myself. Jason, be good to yourself. I will. Good.